welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast. Here, we discuss just about everything that comes into play when you're a Christian homeschooling family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, I'm joined by Gabby Haberer, the Homeschool Music Mama. This is an incredibly fascinating discussion about music instruction and its neurological and emotional benefits for your children. We also discussed how your goals and your child's goals will impact how you approach music in your home and homeschool. I was absolutely enthralled and my mind was racing with more questions to ask as we talked. And I can't wait for you to join me in that conversation. Then I hope you'll let me know any additional thoughts you may have. So without further ado, let's welcome Gabby to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. everybody. I am so excited to have Gabby Harborer with us today. She is she has a couple of different platforms where you can find her and I'll link below, but you can you can find her on Homeschool Music Mama podcast and I'm sure she'll talk about that later, but also she has Homeschool Music um, where you can get a lot of information and and stuff from her there. Again, we will talk about all that later, but Gabby has a really interesting backstory and a whole lot of knowledge about music and the way that music can impact your family and the importance of music and music education. And I am just very excited to dive into that with her today. So Gabby, welcome to the podcast. Can you tell us just a little bit of your background so that we know who you are a little bit? Sure. Thank you, Leslie. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm uh, yeah, just delighted and humbled to be here. Thank you. Um, so yeah, um, uh, let's see. Where do I start? Uh, I am a homeschooling mama uh, of three. Uh, two of them are waiting for me in heaven, and I have one living child. And uh, this is our ninth year homeschooling, which is just wild because you can attest to this, Leslie, I'm sure, but you blink and it's gone. Mm -hmm. You just think, where did the last nine years go? But before that, before my firstborn arrived, I was a public school principal, an elementary school principal, and uh, was also a curriculum coordinator and uh, a classroom teacher. And even before a classroom teacher, I was a classroom teacher aide. And so I've run all the way, yeah, different levels through the public education system. But um, I also am a classically trained pianist and cellist, and I actually studied piano performance in school. And every pianist has a story right at that pinnacle where they decide what they're going to do with their life in college. And for me, it it was a guild audition that didn't go well. And I essentially was told that I didn't have what it took to to be a, a concert pianist. And so I, I switched to education and decided to be in the classroom instead. And um, But of course, my heart is, is just so entrenched in music and music education because, um, you know, one of the things that I have, unfortunately, this year, you know, all of our conventions were shuttered, but I speak at homeschool conferences about the neurological benefits of music education. And my heart really is to encourage families to incorporate music into their homes. That is awesome. And we were talking a little bit before before we actually started recording. I wish we, we've got to recreate all of that conversation for people <laughs> because you were telling me about some of the the neurological benefits and some of the ways that music impacts us. And I I was noting to you at the time as you were talking, I recognized how I respond that way, but I had never actually thought about it. And yeah. and just tying that together was so fascinating. So yeah. what are some of the, the neurological benefits really for our children? Because if we if we see that, then the why we should have music, all of all of that stuff becomes so much more clear. 
Yeah. So there are numerous benefits, and I'll just highlight a couple. But the the reality is is that a musician has three primary cortices of the brain that fire at the exact same time when they are in the process of studying an instrument. And I want to differentiate music from just hearing it on the radio to learning music as in learning an instrument. The benefit, at least the studies show right now, they're all pointed towards learning an instrument. And so all of these processes and neurological benefits happen when you're actually learning an instrument. So I do want to clarify that up front. But um, so we have three major areas that science has kind of focused on, um, the auditory, um, the visual, and the motor cortices of the brain. And studies have shown that musicians in particular, um, and about the second year mark is where a lot of these benefits start to kick in in the brain. But all those three cortices are actually working together harmoniously, very efficiently when a student starts to learn music. Um, Because if you think about, and of course, my primary instrument, well, is the piano and the cello, but let's take the piano, for example, Um, a concert pianist or, you know, just a regular pianist sits down and you have essentially your core, your muscles, your, your back, your shoulders, and your chest that support the weight of your trunk. But you also have hand movements and you have a right hand and a left hand and they're going in opposite directions and your eyes are reading a language because that's exactly what music is. It's a sound to symbol language, just like English is, Um, but you're reading a language and your ears are hearing whether or not that's actually coordinating correctly and appropriately. Um, And then you have your feet that are also timing rhythm so that they can push pedals to correspond with the music notation that you see. And so when you really think about all that a musician is doing, to me, it's almost an athletic feat um, Mm -hmm. because it's, um, yeah, so many, and and those three cortices of the brain are constantly, the neurons are firing rapidly and quickly. And we had talked about just right before we hit record that a musician's brain is actually different than a non-musician's brain. They have autopsied brains and they've recognized that musicians actually have a larger corporate is callosum. It's the bridge essentially between the right and left hemispheres. And neurons, essentially information passes over that callosum super fast in the musician's brain. Because of course, when you're reading notation, you're looking at the music and you have you have less than a microsecond essentially to respond to the next mm-hmm. note that's coming in that bar or in that, that measure. And then of course, every other part of your body has to respond to meet the demands of that note. And so all of this information is passing back and forth super quickly. And musicians actually have bigger, better brains than non-musicians. Musicians can actually complete a task, or at least the research has shown that musicians can complete a task more efficiently and with less brain energy than a non-musician. That's just amazing to me. And so really, yeah, one of my goals really is to encourage homeschooling families to incorporate the study of music into their curriculum. And so, you know, we have some amazing, you know, beacons in the homeschooling world, um, you know, that one I can think of right now is uh, Read Aloud Revival, Sarah McKenzie. You know, she's really Mm -hmm. encouraged us to create a book culture in our home. Well, how can I encourage families to create a music culture in our home? Because the neurological benefits are so amazing. You know, music actually precedes language development in the brain. It's the same exact structure in the brain that learns language that does music. And again, you know, to reiterate, music is a symbol to sound, sound to symbol language, Mm. just like English is. A makes the ah sound. And so when you see the word bad, ah, ah, you know, it's it's the same thing in music. You see that note, that quarter note, that eighth note, that 16th note, whatever it is, you correspond it to a particular rhythm. 
and also to a particular tonality on the piano. And so it's actually double. <laughs> and so if you, the, you know, I really encourage families to incorporate music in their homeschool by enrolling their children, even as young as three years old, into structured music lessons that are appropriate for them, obviously, and their families. Um, but because the, yeah, it just is, it predates, precedes literacy. And also, that, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go I tell you, I can talk about this for, no, <laughs> forever. So. I'm, honestly, I'm sitting here writing notes. Um, and, and thinking, I was telling you before, I play the piano, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that you said as far, and we haven't even talked about emotional outlets and stuff like oh, that, yeah. but, um, but a lot of the stuff that you were saying really rang true. And even as you're talking, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I assess things really quickly. I, I re, you know, you, my, I can tell how music and being able to, to read music and, and interact with music and that sort of thing really has impacted the way that I function in Mm -hmm. every other area of my life. Absolutely. But I had totally not connected those dots and it's just (laughs) absolutely fascinating. Um, And and even you, you noted that it's an athletic, you know, I think it is. Yeah. Totally is. There have been a lot of times when I have, you know, you're, you're furiously playing or even you're not, and you play for a long time, you get up and you're, you're a little bit winded. You uh-huh. can tell you've been somewhere, yeah. you know, you, there, yep. there are even moments when you have to walk away because you're just, you're just spent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then imagine those compositions that have five to six movements, right? Yeah. And they're actually like one, one piece of comp, one composition is upwards of 30 to 45 minutes long. And so, and it's all one piece of music. And so absolutely, like there, there are some Her- Herculean feats, I think they can absolutely right. take place in the private music studio. So yeah. Well, and yeah. even the, the concentration that it takes to stick absolutely. with music, mm-hmm. um, that has to play out in your focus, your ability to stick with a task, all of those things. I would, I would yep. think that that would have to be another way that it, it shows. Yeah. Itself. You know, it's interesting because I frequently joke that musicians are addicted to wins, to results. And the reason <laughs> you're almost trained, especially if you're trained competitively as I was, you're essentially trained to win the next element, whether that be the next guild or the next festival or the next competition or the next exam or whatever it is that you're aiming towards. But we're addicted to those small wins. And we talked about before we hit record that our brains actually have what's called a reward network. And this reward network is constantly in the brain looking to be uh, acknowledged, if you will, looking to be rewarded. So, um, you know, imagine if you had a really hard day, um, everything that could possibly go wrong has gone wrong. The baby's thrown up on you for the fifth time. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you dropped glass in the kitchen and the car won't start and whatever it is, there are times by the end of the day that all you want to do is go to the freezer and pull out the chocolate ice cream. You know, you're like, I'm going to sit down and have myself some ice cream. (laughs) I know it's not good for me, but I'm going to eat it anyway. That's your reward right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the reward network in play. Your your brain is essentially saying, I don't care. I'm going to eat this right now. It's the same thing in a musician, but of course we're geared to, to actually accomplish and win whatever it is that we're struggling with. And I would contend that that struggle, that mental and cognitive struggle is valuable for our children because you want them essentially to build the endurance because life, we as all we all know, we all pay mortgages, right? It's not easy. Um, there are bills to pay. There are you know commitments to meet. Um, there's just there are needs everywhere. And sometimes as a homeschooling mom, you you just kind of get lost in all of that. But we want to teach our children essentially that yeah, there will be struggle and there will be accomplishment. But the endurance is what we need to build and work on. And I think musical yeah. is an excellent vehicle for that. 
It, it absolutely is. Uh, another thing I wanted to make sure that you brought up was talking about the emotional outlet that it is and, yes. um, you know, how it, it's honestly, it's a healing thing. It's a absolutely. workout. It's a, you know, for me, if I just have a gazillion things in my head, I can sit down at the piano and kind of work them out just while I'm, because mm-hmm. I guess maybe, and again, I'm going to take a stab at the psychology here, but maybe uh-huh. because it has part of me working on one thing, it maybe releases my brain to think through because I can think more clearly once I sit down and I start playing. Um, and I don't know, I don't know why that is, but I want to know why. Tell me why, Gabby. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is one of the reasons. But, you know, going back to the emotional regulation, and it does play a part in that focus. You know, um, you know, music is such a powerful agent. Imagine, um, I guess, and this is even just a song, but imagine when a song comes on the radio, and I, uh, I'm i in my 40s. I'm a, a product of the 80s and early 90s, yep. you know, but a song that comes up and you think, oh, wow, I remember where I was. I remember yeah. that boy I liked in junior high, or I remember... Remember that it literally takes you right back to that moment in time. That one, there's a reward network that's in play there that's rewarding you for that song. For it's taking you back to that memory, but it also helps you essentially to clear whatever you know. It just there is a portion of our brain that wants to be emotionally regulated, and music has the capacity to do that. And taking mm-hmm. it back even to to our text, you know, I think about um, you know I'll share I guess a, a personal element. Uh, my husband has a brain tumor. He was diagnosed two and a half years ago. And I thank the Lord. His tumor is stable at the moment. Um, But there are times where he gets overwhelmed easily. Um, And I think it's an element of the brain tumor. It didn't really exist before. But sometimes when he's stressed and overwhelmed, he comes into my studio and I play for him and he leaves the studio a different person. Like he just is more settled and is more. And it makes me think of, um, of David and Saul, when David would go in and play his harp for Saul, and you would, you the text tells you that the spirit would just, you know, lift from him. Essentially, it was just that oppressing anger that Saul felt would lift, and Saul was there, essentially gifting him music. Um, and so, to have the ability and the uh, the privilege to be able to do that um, for another person or even for yourself, I think is, is incredibly healing. And it's something that I believe that every musician really should strive to do with their gifting. And we do it for ourselves in many ways. At least I did as a, you know, as a classically trained uh, student. But the mm-hmm. reality is, is that music, I believe, should be shared with everybody around us because it's such a healing agent. It really yep. is. Yeah. Well, and even, you know, it, it shows so much in worship there. Absolutely. (laughs) There is, there are very few things that are more worshipful than to sit down and play and sing or sit down with your family and play and sing or, or whatever we have for years, whether it be, you know, when they were younger, I would play and we would all sing. And then as they got older, we've added ukuleles and all kinds of stuff, but just, to sit around and and play and sing and worship God together, it's yeah. it it almost draws a line in the sand. The rest of the day kind of can melt away for a while, uh-huh. and you focus on things that are bigger and more eternal Absolutely. and better than the other stuff that you Absolutely. have dealt with during the day. 
Oh, I absolutely agree with that. And any experience like that, that you can encourage in your homes and in your homeschools, to me, is just to the benefit of the entire family. And so, um, yeah, you know, we're life schoolers here um, in in this home. Uh, We have a lot of Charlotte Mason and a lot of unschooling, but we really believe that essentially that the the book work revolves around our life Mm -hmm. and worship is an element of our life that we want to participate in and consistently teach, you know, my son. And so, um, yeah, I love that point that you brought up. Leslie, it just, it really, for a moment in time, it's almost like you're suspended. You know, you just, you're in the music, you're with each other. And then you, in that moment of worship, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's truly beautiful. It really is beautiful. It absolutely is. Well, you know, we've talked about all of these benefits to learning music and to really incorporating it. Um, and, and I have several questions after this one still for you, but okay. what are some of the things that hold people back from actually getting involved in music or getting their children involved in music? Um, what, what are some of the, the reasons that you run into for people holding back on this? Yeah, yeah. I would say, um, well, on a couple of levels. First, I guess, and foremost, as a homeschooling family, um, many of us have chosen to be on one income. Um, you know, we live in a country that is a dual income. You know, most of us, most of the world essentially lives, or most of the U.S. rather, lives on two incomes because we want the two cars and we want the second house and we want the... But homeschoolers, interestingly enough, specifically made a decision, no, I'm going to stay home with my children. I believe this is the best for our family. And so you typically lose mom's income. And with that loss of income sometimes means... That could potentially mean that a lot of other opportunities may not be options um, for that family. And so I would say cost is one of the biggest deterrents for homeschooling families to enrolling their children in music. And then, of course, finding a qualified teacher is another. Where do you go? Where do you, you know, it would be wonderful if the 15-year-old down the street who took, you know, a couple years of lessons could teach my child. But is that really want, I want a holistic, comprehensive uh, mm-hmm. curriculum of music that will actually teach my child. And because posture, for example, is a very big element in music instruction because it prevents injury. And if you can't teach hand position and shoulder coordination and posture correctly, a lot of musicians suffer from injury uh, mm-hmm. in their 20s and 30s as, when you get essentially as you get older. But it can happen even as young as, as college. I know I myself experienced an injury myself. And so it's, wow. you know, there's an, you want instruction that is, um, you want good instruction, I guess. So where do you find that teacher? So for homeschooling families, I'd say that cost and uh, scheduling are typically the biggest deterrents. And of course, geog- geography, where do you find a teacher? Where does she live right. you know, uh, down the street or is it an hour drive? And so I'd say those well, are and, the biggest elements. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to your point about finding a teacher, it's also difficult to find a teacher who will really inspire a love oh, of yes. music in your child. And that's- Oh, I can talk I, about that for days, Leslie. I'm sure because I could too. Because I had a teacher when I was growing up who absolutely inspired a love of music in me. And because wow. of her, I sit and play today. I, you know, I that's absolutely, amazing. she made me into not a great musician, but a musician in my home. <laughs> yeah, and that's all that matters, really. Exactly. It's like you kind of have to, when you start your study, you kind of, and as a mom, you have to determine where do I want my child to go? Do I want to, you know, and what does the child want? Right. Um, right now, most of them just really want to kind of play happy birthday at a, at a birthday celebration, or they might want to jam with their friends, you know, in a garage band or, you know, whatever the element is there. So you kind of need to figure out what are the goals of the, of the purpose of the study. I know as a mom, I want neurological and 
cognitive and emotional regula uh, regulatory benefits for my children. And I know that their, you know, their brains will be bigger and better for it. But what's the end goal? Do I, right. you know, I was classically trained, which is a very different, I guess I'll, I'll have to tell you, I have my own music studio here in Houston where uh, my family lives. And it took me a long time. I was, as a classically trained musician, sadly, um, I was never taught improvisation or mm. chord composition. Uh, I was never taught jazz, blues, solfege, all of these different genres of music because you know yeah. what? They weren't going to be tested. And so you needed to have one, you know, one composition from the four different periods of, of, of music. You needed a romantic, you needed a Baroque, you need, you know, and it just, and those are the things were essentially what we're going to be examined on. And right. so I had to go back and relearn all of those things. And the thing with music instruction and piano instruction in particular is that sadly it hasn't really changed over the past 50 years. My own piano teacher, with whom I still take lessons. I think he's a wonderful teacher for me, but is still teaching the exact same way he was when I was five. And that was, I can't tell you how many years ago, right? And so, and you know, because in piano, there really isn't a whole lot of incentive to change the instruction or to for professional development, if you will. It's you, your piano, and your student. And if you don't really kind of match up with that teacher, it can be a miserable experience. And I have talked to homeschool moms at conventions that have said, oh, I really wish my child could play, but I just didn't, I didn't really, I quit when I was in the third grade. I just didn't really have the grade of an experience. And when I inquire and press, it usually was the teacher. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the teacher just didn't really click or she, you know, um, you know, the mom would get, have her knuckles wrapped because she couldn't, you know, lift her, her wrist at the perfect position or, um, there was just something that was not clicking and there wasn't an inspiration, this vision of yeah. what this musician could eventually develop into in their journey because it was all about the technique. And classical instruction is very much about the technique. And while I believe it has a place in our regiment, absolutely, um, and I would never veer from that, I do believe that there are other genres of music that equally can bring uh, goodness and value to the table just as well as classical instruction can. And so I think that's another sticking point too is that mom had a bad experience um, mm. or it wasn't a great experience. She quit, uh, didn't really find a teacher, wasn't motivated to continue. And so it was just lost. Yeah. It just yep. didn't, it didn't, it didn't continue. Yep. Yep. Well, what do you say to the parents who, um, whose children are just, they don't want it. They don't want to practice. They don't, they're not buying in <laughs> what, you know, where, where do you draw the lines? Cause I know there's a mom out there listening who's saying I've got them in, but they're fighting me every <laughs> second of the way. So, so how do you yeah. help parents overcome the objections of the child, whether they're valid or not objections. Sure, sure. I think every case is different. And if they were in my studio, I would want to know, okay, tell me what, you know, actually ask the student, why do you not want to play? Right. And, the, you know, the thing with practice is really interesting because there are some teachers, and again, I came from this old school classical world, uh, which again is, is, is very valid, but there are some, you know, we can admit that there are some issues in that world. Um, but, you know, I come from a world where teachers would prescribe a set number of minutes to practice. If you are seven years old, you'll be practicing 30 minutes a day. If you're nine years old, you'll be practicing one hour a day. 
Well, the problem with that is that one, students are not effectively taught how to practice. That's my job as a teacher. I need to teach you how to practice. Two, there are no real goals set within that practice time. And so if I'm told that I cannot leave this bench for one hour, and that's what I was told when I was younger, you have two hours, sit down and practice. Well, what do you think I'm going to go play? I'm going to go find the easiest piece of music that I have played 500 times and play that for two hours and be bored out of my mind, you know, because again, I wasn't taught how to practice and I wasn't given any goals. So if a child is struggling with practice or with wanting to even play at all and motivation, I'd ask why, what's, what's the problem? There was one student I had um, that, and about the junior high to high school age is really where it starts to splinter. I see it Mm -hmm. year after year. I had my own, my own experience about that age where I just, I wanted to quit. Didn't want There's something about that age where they just want to bolt and run. But if mama can have endurance and push through that as a family, um, the the goals, I mean, the, the end result will be absolutely beautiful. But, you know, I worked with a student once where we broke down piano practice essentially to five minute increments. And I told the student, I don't want you to play anything today except for five minutes. And I have one goal for you. I need you to work on these five measures and I want you to accomplish the rhythm here with just the right hand and you have five minutes mom will sit at the you know in the room with you you're going to set a timer and after five minutes you're done you you don't have to play anything else and he was like no way there has to be a catch i said no there's no catch (laughs) that's all you know (laughs) they already think "Mm, you're tricking me here but okay exactly i'm not falling for that And so uh, we did that for two weeks. And I got the report back that after the two-week time period, he was actually asking for more time. Mm -hmm. So mom came to me. She's like, what do I do? I said, well, increase it by two minutes, seven minutes, and that's it. Well, that lasted for two days. And he said, seven minutes isn't enough. I can't get through, you know, whatever goal I've, I've decided to achieve for myself. I'm like, why is that? Well, it's just not enough time. Oh, hmm. okay. Well, what are you trying to accomplish then? Well, I want to master X, Y, and Z. Okay. Well, we can do, do you think 10 minutes would be enough? Okay. Maybe 10 minutes would be enough. Okay. Well, let's give it a try. Well, that lasted about a week's time. Well, long story short, before I you know continue to belabor this, before you, you knew it, he was already practicing an hour and it was wow. he himself that had decided yep. to, you know, and what's amazing about that is that if you break it into very small attainable goals, instead of telling a child, nope, you can't get up from that piano bench for the next 30 minutes. Well, of course, they're going to find the easiest thing because that reward network that we talked about wants to be set off in the brain. I'm just going to make get my time done and move on. There's no impetus, no motivation, mm. no desire to actually ex, you know, excel in that goal and meet that goal. And so I think breaking it down into small chunks is one element, is one tool that you can pull out of the arsenal. The other tool, I think, is really respecting them as musicians and recognizing their space and creating a space for them where here's your piano. No one is allowed. This is your area. You take ownership of it. Decorate the wall in that corner if you want to. We can put up a little room divider if you don't have a separate room to give your child. But really recognizing them and and honoring them as a growing and developing musician, I have seen goes a long way because then Hmm. they start to take ownership. Wait a minute. Am I a musician? Do I? You know, so once you actually identify as one, oh, wait, okay, if I am a musician, what does a musician do? Oh, well, they work on things, they they practice, they, okay, I think I can do that. And I have seen actually just creating and honoring a space for them to be such a motivator. 
Wow. And really helping them to develop that consistent habit. Um, and again, practice doesn't happen, have to happen every single day. Ideally, it would. But there are times where, you know, our brain will essentially, you know, those neurons are still firing while they're playing. But interestingly enough, the science has shown that even when we go to sleep, our brain actually works harder and hmm. makes those connections. And so I have, and when I myself have struggled, We'll play a piece and work on that. Um, and, you know, I'm frustrated. I go to bed the ne- that night. The next morning, I'm ready to attack it again. And for some reason, I'm a little bit sharper than I huh. was the day before. And there's something about sleeping on, you know, and my, it's, a, it's probably an old myth or fable that my um, <laughs> piano teacher has told me, but it has worked. And so, yeah. but really breaking things down into small chunks and really honoring them um, in their goals, I, I think goes a long way to, uh, yeah, to sustaining that that journey. Well, it's it's fascinating that you would bring up goals um, because that also factors in as they get older and, you know, as they have to figure out how to allocate their time, Absolutely. how to, you know, what is important, what makes the cut, what doesn't. Because mm-hmm. I found that as my children have gotten older, there are more opportunities afforded them mm-hmm. than time would ever allow. Yes. And <laughs> if we don't help them boil those things down and say what's important and what can mm-hmm. wait or what just doesn't deserve your time right now, that really clarifies how they're going to spend their time, Absolutely. including their time around whatever musical instrument they're pursuing. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way with music. Absolutely. And that's another thing that, you know, interestingly enough, isn't really taught outside of the home, Um, you know, to kind of move into the the public, you know, school realm there. Think about, did anyone in, in public school teach you how to balance a checkbook, how to pay a mortgage, how to be responsible and manage your time? No, those things are just not taught there. They're taught in the home. And so what a privilege we have as homeschooling mothers and homeschooling families to to incorporate those elements into everything that we do within our home. And I think music provides such an amazing opportunity to reinforce those concepts. And really, and if they're not already there, to introduce those concepts and start to slowly build consistency and evaluating, okay, this is the amount of time I have. This is the goal I want to achieve. Is it doable? If it's not, how can I break it down so that it is? Um, and that's that's a very consistent practice, you know, tip that um, has served me well um, in, in the past few years, certainly, but in my studio as well and watching my children flourish with that. Well, Gabby, this has been fascinating. I oh, mean, I really, yeah. truly could pick your brain all day because mine's going oh. so fast right now. But <laughs> Because you're a musician. Just, yeah, we are just about out of time. So I wanted to give you just a minute to tell everybody where they can find you and, you know, about your podcast, what you talk about, all the different things that you offer, because we'll link to it below, but I would much rather you be able to tell them what we're linking to before oh, we get thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I do have a humble but mighty podcast called the Homeschool Music Mama Podcast. And you can find that on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere on your favorite podcasting app. Or you can also stream it directly from uh, one of my websites, which is homeschoolmusicmama.com. And we talk a lot about music education there. But we also, because I'm a homeschooling mom, talk about homeschooling topics. And um, I just recently had Cindy Rollins on the podcast. And we talked about living books and, you know, creating a living culture at home. But we talk about homeschooling topics and music topics. And so, again, that's both on uh, iTunes and Google Play. And uh, they can also find me at homeschoolmusic.co. So, um, you know, I run a a private studio here um, that teaches uh, piano, voice, cello, uh, music theory, and um, 
I'm missing one. Oh, preschool music. Um, and um, I had have, have had homeschooling families come in. They do a trial lesson. They respond to a survey I send out. It's wonderful, but they never sign up. And so mm. when I go ask them, the, the two elements that we talked about previously were cost and scheduling are the biggest deterrents to them. And I think about my brother, who is also a homeschooling family. He has seven children, uh, 13 and under, and there's no way that he could afford to yeah. send each one of them to music education. So um, I created the Homeschool Music Collective. It opens in October. And essentially, I'm taking my studio and putting it online. Um, and so homeschooling families can access music instruction, creative and holistic, because it's not classical instruction the way that I was trained, um, for a very low cost. Um, because I absolutely believe in the neurological benefits, but the emotional regulation and, and just all of the things that music encompasses, you know, again, it's such a powerful agent. And I believe that every child should have access to holistic music instruction. And, you know, I not to, you know, get get too long winded here, but imagine a world, at least a homeschooling world where every child played an instrument. And if we know that it, it impacts and regulates emotion, you know, what would our society look like in 10 or 15 years? What would our political landscape look like in 10 or 15 years? Um, you know, with all of these children that now have cognitive benefits that exceed those of non-musicians and also have the em emotional regulation, you know, element in there as well, it, it would be, it'd be amazing, I think. And so um, that's where listeners can find me, those, those two places. So. Well, I, I would agree with you. It would be amazing. A little taste of heaven, I think. I think um, so. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, Gabby, thank you. This has been so much fun and I look oh, forward to talking to you again. I hope to see you at Teach Them Diligently in the spring. That's Lord right. Roman, the that's world right. will be turning correctly by then and we'll, <laughs> we hope we'll so. all be back together. Yes, that would that would be so lovely. I will absolutely be there. Uh, I was so looking forward to being at the summer conferences and... But, you know, that's the Lord knows. His sovereignty yep. encompasses all of those things. And so we wait and we trust in him. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you again for joining us and everybody else. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for hanging out with Gabby and I. And I will look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank bye you, Thank you for listening to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you on site at one of our many events each year and throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Go to www.teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast to get more details and resources to encourage and equip your family. While you're there, you can also pick up the show notes and additional information from today's show. It's our daily prayer that God will encourage and equip your family through Teach Them Diligently, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note or share your stories with us on social media with the hashtag WeTTD. God is doing great things within His families all around the world, and we would love to celebrate that with you. We'd also love to have you join us by subscribing to our podcast and then sharing it with a friend who could use a little encouragement as they too follow God's plan for their family. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I look forward to visiting with you again real soon.